He who saves one life saves the world entire. And the most important life to save is your own. After all, it's the place where you have the most power. So join shadow worker and trauma therapist Laura Giles each week on It's Not You, It's Me. We'll uncover what's in shadow and learn the things you need so you can heal yourself, grow yourself, know yourself, love yourself, be yourself, and share yourself. If you're sick and tired of being sick and tired, it's time to drop the self-sabotage and limiting beliefs. A healthy, abundant, connected life is an option. Choose it. Subscribe. And let's start manifesting it. Hey everybody, today is Independence Day and it's our second year anniversary. And this is a bonus podcast this week to celebrate the day, give you some behind the scenes updates for fans so you can get involved and just to give gratitude for you for being here with us. Whether this is your first podcast or you've been here since the beginning, I appreciate you and look forward to growing with you. So first in honor of Independence Day, let's talk about what that means. I'm big on sovereignty, agency, and independence, so launching on that day wasn't a random choice. If you're going to live a life worth living, it's got to be authentic. We're in the season of summer now, which is the fire element. That's go, 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 do you energy, and this is a season to figure out who you are. You can't do that with restrictions. You have to dare. The focus of the podcast here is to have a meaningful life, and if you don't show up, that can't happen. So you have to know who you are, explore, evolve, and show up. So when it comes to liberty, that's something that I really celebrate and exercise. Throughout history, humans haven't had liberty. Slavery has almost always been a part of human cultures. And even when it wasn't, life was such a struggle for survival that your focus had to be on just getting through the day alive. Now we have technology education, healthcare, and a lot of things that help to sustain our survival and our physical safety isn't under threat. But our emotions are all over the place. And many of us suffer from mental slavery, either to our anxieties or social programming. So I want today to be a rallying cry for you to make a change, declare your independence, and use it to create the life that you want for yourself. And once you get your feet underneath you, and know who you are. Use your gifts to uplift others. I believe that's what we're here to do in our own unique way. So July 4th is also cancer season. That wasn't actually on my radar last year, but it makes total sense. It works really well for me because my moon's in cancer. And cancer is the sign of home, nurturing, empathy, and family. I had an amazing childhood and felt very safe and protected. I have a big family And when I left home and started working, I was the girl who was organizing the parties and the after work gatherings. I didn't understand why I was doing that because I was also really shy and an introvert. It wasn't until I was much older that I realized that what I was trying to create was that safety in home from my childhood into the rest of my life. And when I discovered something good, I want to share it with others. I'm like that crab carrying its home on its back and saying, come on in. That's what my podcast and private community are all about. 
It's here for you to find a sanctuary. Let it be your true north. I always want it to have that feeling of safety, acceptance, and community because I need that from you too. So I hope that the podcast has that cancer vibe to it. If it doesn't, or if there's something I can do to improve, let me know in the comments. I'm here for you. This is our thing. I need your participation to make it meaningful. So talk to me. Tell me what you like. Tell me what you don't like. Ask me for what you want. My house is your house. I don't think that is um, a behind the scenes reveal. I think we've been pretty overt about that. But if I haven't, you have it now. I just returned from my tiny tour to the Holy Island and Hadrian's Wall area of England. What happens on tour stays on tour, but I can give you a behind the scenes peek into my experience and what's coming up next with that. So for those of you who don't know, I've been hosting spiritual tours for over 20 years. It actually started uh, accidentally when I went to Egypt for fun and I was hit over the head with how mystical and miraculous that place is. Every moment was a gift from God. And each time I went, I got exactly what I needed from it, whether I wanted it or not. And it wasn't just in the obvious things like the pyramids. It was in the land, the people, the food and the music. It was just everywhere. And it made me really appreciate the feeling of being alive. And like I said, with the story about hosting parties at work, I wanted to share it. So I started inviting people to come along so that I could show them what I discovered and facilitate them having their own amazing experiences. So here we are 24 years later and things evolve, don't they? When I started, there was a saying that Americans don't travel. We don't have passports and we don't speak other languages. Well, that's not true anymore. We're everywhere and spiritual travel is a commodity that people want. Between yoga retreats and shamans, every sacred place is filled with selfie snapping, yoga posing people everywhere. There's a Starbucks and a McDonald's everywhere, and quite frankly, that's not the vibe I'm after. My tours have always really been about the inner experience, and during the COVID years, we went on retreat to places in America and did a lot more of that to let the energy of nature and the sacred places seep into our pores. And this last trip to the Holy Island was like that. There was a lot of solitude and tuning into the rhythm of the tides of nature and our own selves. And I want to keep that going because it's just so satisfying. So I'm going to be doing more retreat type stuff with a focus on gathering with the people in the sanctuary. So if you think you want to be a part of the spiritual tour someday, join the private community so you can get a sense of the vibe. I think it's a very special place. I'm not on social media because I don't like being tracked giving my contacts away or having targeted ads pop up. So when I'm talking about something obscure like pickleball, an ad for pickleball pops up two seconds later. That feels so invasive. And I don't want to be stalked by a would-be sex trafficker looking for a lonely woman or an easy target. There's none of that in my private community. We don't have flame wars. It's not about highlight reels or marketing your business to people. It's about real people connecting with other real people through authentic conversations. Everybody doesn't agree on things, but we're curious, open-minded, and listen to each other. We show up so that we can see ourselves. There are lots of times when I say something, when I think later, is that really what I think? (laughs) And then I might change my mind. Or someone else will say something. It 
sinks in and that I really appreciate their perspective. So it's a way to see yourself grow and appreciate other people. And I want people who know how to do that with us on retreat. It makes for a much more deeply connected experience. If we have some new people who don't know how to do that, they can learn it if there are enough people with healthy boundaries and a sense of their own selves to kind of carry them along. But I do want to cater to people who have a foundation in mindful living for the retreats. If you need some space, you take space. If you want something, you ask for it. It's that kind of thing. We're all adults and can take care of ourselves and ask for support as we need it. I'm there to facilitate the retreat. I bring you to the magic, but it's up to you to taste it and digest it. And if you're distracted, have your face in your phone or melting down or don't see what's in front of you. You won't maximize your time and the group won't see the best of you. So I think a little life prep helps. The first foray into the retreat experience is with my initiation into womanhood this October. I'm super excited about that. It starts with four weeks of gatherings beforehand. So there's a, a hybrid type of situation where we can be live or virtual. And you can even do the replay if you absolutely have to miss it. Each week we're going to visit the maiden, seductress, mother, and then crone to lay the foundation for the initiation. If you're going to embody a new identity, you have to know what it is you're embracing, right? Then after that, those who wish to can do uh, the live initiation. If you have listened to my podcast on Making Peace with the Mother, The Hero's Journey, Why We Need Initiations and Rites of Passage, or The Call to Adventure Beckons, you know that life happens in stages. We all get that call to ad adventure, and if you don't accept, we don't grow. We have to overcome our woundedness to become the hero of our own tale and rise to our greatness. When we cross that threshold from the known to the unknown world and slay that dragon, we know who we are. It's unshakable. And then we have to come back to the people who didn't see that fight and prove it to them and share our new identity with them. Our society was really damaged when we stopped doing those practices. This is why we have so many perpetual children, wounded children, and people who are asking, what's my purpose? When you claim your identity as seductress, mother, or crone, you know what you're doing and can do it with purpose. So that's the kickoff to the retreats. If you're a woman, I highly recommend that you check that out and give yourself the gift of self. Of course, we have a space in the private community where attendees can gather before the course starts to begin the process of creating a bond. When we do the initiation, we aren't going to be set adrift afterwards. We pledge to be the community for each other to support each other in what comes next. So it's good to know each other. The space will also have the material that I'll be referencing in the workshops leading up to the initiation. So you don't have to take notes. You can just be. And for the workshops themselves, there are going to be some lecture and experience like a meditation or ritual. Then we process the experiences. I also host moon circles and talking circles. If you're interested in seeing what's inside, massive growth, and sharing yourself, so basically practicing platonic intimacy, you have to come to those events. Talking circles are always free. We just had the first moon circle in a great while yesterday. It was a freebie since it's our anniversary month. That was my gift to the community, but there is usually a cost associated with that. The moon circles are a fantastic way for women to get to know the energy of the moon as the moon is our feminine guide in the sky. And I mentioned that 
uh, surviving to thriving was birthed in the sign of cancer. So the moon lives in cancer. She's home, the mother, the nurturer, the caregiver. When you have a good relationship with the moon, you feel more peace, aliveness, and safety because your emotional needs are met. So I highly recommend the moon circles. It'll prepare you for the initiation into womanhood and also support you afterward. We're having a bonfire happening July 8th. A lot of people in the private community don't live close together. I don't know about you, but the people I'm closest to, we have an actual relationship, not just a virtual one. So the bonfire is one of the ways that we nurture that. We drum, dance, sing, tell stories, and I don't know. It's different each time, but it's a time when we get to be in nature and gather under the stars, sleep on the earth, and laugh a little. There's usually a lot of good food and, you know, food is love. So what can I say? It's a good time. <laughs> we also have a cuddle party happening this month. I'm all about platonic intimacy and safe touch. We are a touch-deprived culture. We're all divorced from our bodies, and this is a way to downregulate our nervous systems. Practice healthy boundaries. Practice platonic intimacy and undo some of the taboos and fears around touch. It's like... Once you hit puberty, you're not allowed to be hugged or touched anymore. You become a sexual creature, and the only way to get touched is through sex, and that's just ridiculous. We're all touch-deprived. There is this thing called skin hunger. We need healthy touch to develop normally as infants, and that need for touch doesn't end once we're weaned. It's a life cycle need, so cuddle party is a way to start dismantling that, regain a healthy relationship with touch, and pay attention to our bodies. One of the things I do therapeutically is teach people to tune into their bodies, to listen to what hurts, feel what's afraid, and sink into the calm and comfort of holding someone's hand or the hand on their shoulder. And I've seen people dissolve into tears just by having a hand on their shoulder or heart. It's a deeply healing gesture that we may not know that we want or need, but once we learn how to hear our bodies, it can be so powerful. A lot of people also have a lot of hang-ups around sex. There are so many stories of the awkward morning after the first sexual experience with someone. If you listen to your body and only say yes when you really are a yes, this doesn't happen. So you can see I'm a huge fan of Cuddle Party. It's not about perverts. It's about safe. Huh. It's about healthy touch. So if you're in the Richmond area, join the private group and check it out. This Cuddle Party is also a freebie. It's an anniversary gift to you, but future ones will have a fee associated with them, so check it out while it's free. I listen to what people are interested in, and we'll schedule other random events based on interest. We have a caving adventure planned for August, and we're joining a CE5 group in September. CE5 is where people sit on a dark field and call to the aliens, essentially. I've attended a few, but haven't had any luck with getting anything to show up, but I'm optimistic. So we gather. We gather because, like I said before, there really isn't a point in being enlightened, awakened, or authentic all by yourself. I used to have a meetup group for a long time. It was a very active group with something going on just about every week. The focus was on mind, body, and spirit, so we either had alternative health presentations or workshops or spiritual ones. The group had over 3,000 members, but a core of about 50. The point of Meetup was to make friends, have live company versus virtual experiences, and we were doing the live part, but people weren't making friends. Most people would take what they wanted, 
give little to nothing because my events were mostly donation-based, and then leave. And after years of that, I said no more. It wasn't fulfilling. It wasn't a community. It was totally transactional. I believe that what you send out comes back to you. I thought I was sending out love and belonging, but I had no boundaries. I let anyone come in, take what they wanted, invest nothing, and leave. And that's what they did. By making the community private, I'm asking for involvement in return. I'm asking for investment in yourself and in the group. I'm inviting people to belong. Think of it this way. Everybody lives somewhere, but most of us in America don't have a community because a community is a place where we know each other. We're invested in each other. We look out for each other. This is not a one-way relationship where I give to you. It's where we give to each other. It's where we look out for each other. You have to know what that is, wanted and participated in, to have it. I once had this client who told me she was unhappy. She had friends, but she didn't want to invest in anyone because she'd already done that and they let her down. When we talked about the details of her experience, I could see that she was overbearing. <laughs> she felt like she'd done all the polite things we're supposed to do, like ask people how they're doing, and they didn't respond because they can sense that her offer was transactional. It was manipulative, like, I was nice to you, now you have to be nice to me. Relationships are about offer and acceptance, so offer yourself. Offer them a place to be themselves. Everyone won't be willing, but you will find some who are. Invest in them. We have lots of people in the sanctuary of different ages, religions, and backgrounds, and I can tell you that none of that makes a difference if you see each other as fellow earthlings. We're all humans with emotions and experiences that we can relate to. If you take what you want and leave, you won't get the connection part. You'll get the superficial part and still feel empty. I'm suggesting investing, being vulnerable, showing up, and showing interest wherever you go. You'll find that your community expands to be wherever you are if you do that. I think... That's all the insider look into what we're doing. You can find me at the podcast, my website, YouTube, and the private community. That's it. I don't have Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, or other, any other social media. It's a lot of work to have that one-way relationship where I'm always vying for your attention and likes. And I don't want that kind of life. I don't want it for the other reasons I already stated either. I don't want to be online all day. We were recently talking about artificial intelligence in the private group and how it is impacting our lives and how that will grow. I see AI making us more isolated, insecure, and more disconnected because if you can enhance your profile with the magic of AI, make every photograph look stunning, and make every sentence spectacular, real life will be dull in comparison. And here's what happens in our brains. We pay attention to what is novel and shocking. Think about the first time you learned to drive. Remember how hyper alert you were to the slightest movement of your car or someone else's car? Remember how long it took to brake or to change lanes because you were just being so careful? Think about driving now. Do you even remember the road at all? <laughs> Did you think about your turn signals? Probably not. It's not new now. It's old hat. So now something really spectacular has to happen in order to get your attention on the road, right? The same is true with everything. TikTok is a really cool invention. A person can waste hours on their being absorbed in petty entertainment of jokes, clever things, creative things, talented people, or funny things. 
Each video is a 10 second or one minute hit of dopamine that makes your brain go wee. So in real life, when it takes someone five minutes or 10 minutes to get to the punchline, we never get there because we tune out too soon. Guess what, guys? Life's slow. A day takes 24 hours. It takes a woman 29 days to complete a menstrual cycle. It takes 70 days to grow a tomato. If you're living for the quick dopamine hitch, you are never going to be satisfied in the hub of the wheel where life is calm and smooth because that's where life is most still and whole. It's not all that exciting there. You don't get a lot of drama. You have to content yourself with the beauty of the different shades of color in the sunrise or the way the sunlight sparkles on the waves because there's not a lot of fireworks. It's more of an internal delight. So everything is an invitation to be antisocial. Slow down. Listen to a 20-minute podcast and give up the drama. Be here with us on the podcast, YouTube, blogs, and private community. That's where I am. Another private insider tidbit I can tell you about is one you have already seen, actually. I'm hosting more guests on my podcast. I'm featuring people who have a story of overcoming adversity to show you that no matter what you've been through, there is a way out. So there are stories of hope. Some of my guests are saying exactly what I'm saying. If you want to be healthy, you have to deal with the underlying trauma. That trauma is going to trip you up over and over again when you least expect it. For example, it's not enough to simply stop drinking if you're an alcoholic. You have to figure out what drove you to drink in the first place and heal that. And I'll give you a tip. It's disconnection. You have to undo that unhealthy thinking or what some people call mindset because the unconscious is what's driving the bus. If our unconscious program says that love feels like rejection because that's how we felt growing up, we will attract people who reject us. If the unconscious program is food is love because our mom shoved a pie in our face to reward us or to make us quiet, we will probably have an issue with food. We see the evidence of the programs, but our programs are invisible to us. We have to make them visible to unravel them, then learn new ways of living instead. We all have to know who we are. We can't be who we are if we're running a program that says we're supposed to be beautiful, thin, rich, jet-setting, youthful, and life of the party. If I'm the nerdy scientist or the homebody mom, that's a huge disconnect. Once we know who we are, we have to connect. Connecting before that leaves us empty because we're not even there. Connecting to people who are also not there just feels bad. When I talked about connecting, I don't just mean belonging to other people, but to earthlings, the whole universe. You're everything. Everything is you. When we can expand and connect on that level, it's really hard to feel lonely, knock you off course, or get you down. And my guests all get some aspect of it, or in some cases, all of it. One thing that was really hit home to me recently is that if you get clear on what you want and surround yourself with it, it soaks into your bones really quickly in a meaningful way. We do this organically, but you can also plan for it. For instance, when I became a belly dancer, I ate, slept, and breathed belly dance because I was interested in it. Same with bodybuilding. Because of that, I grew tremendously fast. So what I hope to do with the podcast is to keep bringing the message of surviving to thriving home to you through different people by focusing on different aspects of it and in different stories until you start to breathe it in and it becomes a lifestyle that you just do unconsciously. So if you want to grow, subscribe.
listen. I will also be doing more guest interviews for the same reason. If you're on my email list, have subscribed to my YouTube channel, or are in the private community, I will post them there so that you don't miss out on that. One of the things I'm often asked about in my interviews is what it's like to be an animist. For those of you who don't know, an animist is someone who believes that everything is alive, sacred, and connected. I never know how to answer that question because it's an inner experience more than an outer one. I know that with some spiritual paths, people wear certain clothes, they do certain rituals, eat a certain way, and have some type of regimented lifestyle, and animism isn't that for me. I have a connection with my ancestors, I pay attention to the stars, I love trees, and I'm aware of the sovereignty of all creatures, but I can't really tell anyone how to do that. I think it's something that we discover for ourselves. I find it makes me way more connected and peaceful than I think I would be without it. I don't do a lot of othering or engaging in isms. It's really easy for me to detach and let people be who they are. I think anyone can connect with whatever spiritual path they're on, but mine is really inclusive yet well-boundaried. Maybe an insider tip is that uh, to check out my old YouTube channel and podcast called Pan Society or Modern Animism if you want to know more about animism. I have two other projects that I'm working on that I can share as a behind-the-scenes update. The first is that I'm working on a book about dissociative identity disorder. It's written as a children's book, and it is and it isn't. It's written as a children's book to help explain DID to kids. If a child has it, it's a way to help them understand what's going on with them. If the parent has it, it can help them understand mom or dad. But mostly, it's written for anyone to help open up a conversation about what it's like to live with dissociative identity disorder. The character starts out as one bear, and then splits into five to show how stress makes a person appear scattered or like they have ADD. It explains why moods can change so fast, or the person can like bananas one minute and not like them the next. The bears have different genders because people with DID can have more than one gender inside. They are shown as children because people with DID often have one or more child inside. So this can explain why they can seem incapable and childish even though they're adults. So I'm super excited about that and can't wait to have that out there as a resource for therapists, clients, and people in general. I'm also working on another book. The working title has changed a few times, but it's about how to cultivate a meaningful life. So all your feedback, questions, and reviews help me to improve at connecting and making meaningful experiences for you. So please participate. This is our thing, guys. We create this life together. So I appreciate you. Thanks for being here and helping me get to two years. Whoop, whoop. And if you'd like to support our growth, join the community, write a review, share it with someone, and keep tuning in. Thanks, guys. Happy Independence Day. Ciao. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help the podcast thrive, please share it with others, post about it on social media, or leave a rating and review. To catch all the latest from Laura Giles, you can follow her on all her socials at Laura Giles 804. See you next time.